Hello, STEM Nation. Jeff here, and welcome to episode number 68 of STEM on Fire, where we interview practicing professionals in the area of science, technology, engineering, and math to help guide students interested in STEM careers. If you like what you hear, please share it with a friend. Now let's get fired up with our guest, Martin, and I hope our chat will help ignite your passion towards a STEM career. Martin went to college pursuing an English degree with a creative writing focus and has always been interested in designing computer games and is currently a freelance contract software developer focused on virtual reality, or VR, and video game development and has created multiple games and you can find him at abstractpuzzle.com. Welcome to the show, Martin. Fill any gaps and share a bit of your personal life. Thanks for having me. I do have a blog. Uh, I've, I've always had a bunch of blogs, actually. and um, my But the one that I focus on now is at chestris.com. Um, so there's a bunch more about me and the games that I've worked on at chestris.com. And there's an about page with like a bibliography on it um, with a long list of games that I've worked on. Um, I sort of came into gaming or game development uh, like by way of web development. So that's one thing that you kind of left out. I was a web developer back end for about seven years um, and then transitioned to mobile development. And, and now it, it finally I'm able to kind of focus mostly on games. All right, Martin, thanks for that. And you can check the show notes for all the links to to get connected with Martin. And Martin, one reason I wanted to have, have you on the podcast is because I talked to a lot of kids out there and they all want to go design games and you're, I'll say the first game designer that we've had on the podcast, but you didn't come through the normal curriculum of getting a software degree or a computer science degree. You came in with an English degree and it seems like you actually self-educated yourself starting out in web design. Could you dig into that a little bit more? Yeah. So I was actually um, always super into computer games and computers and video games like in high school and even probably before that. Um, and uh, by the time I started um, into college, like that was definitely, you know, I was still playing a lot of games and I, I had bought my own computer by doing like a medical research trial, you know, and like, um, and I was mostly using it for writing at the time, but of course I also gamed on it. Um, and uh, I started doing web development uh, in college. So I did a little bit of uh, web development for the English department. And then that transitioned into um, working at the Minnesota Daily, doing uh, their arts and entertainment section, which was basically like a new website every week. Uh, back then, there was no real like content management system. So it was like they just took the articles and then there was like a Perl script that we ran and it would turn it into um, you know, web pages. And then we had to go in and hand it at the HTML uh, every week. And, and that was kind of a fun, uh, you know, learning project or, you know, game, uh, you know, an actual, uh, job. And then, um, so when I left, uh, the U, then I, I kind of knew I could just get a job doing web development. And so that was the easiest path forward for me. Martin, did you find it challenging at all, you know, not having a four-year degree or two-year degree specifically in, in computer science or web development, Java development? Um, did you find any challenges with that? Well, I think there were definitely a lot of doors left closed to me uh, as a result of not having that degree. Um, you know, having a four-year computer science degree, I think there's so many places that want you to work there, right? And um, not having one, but having worked for three or four years, like, yeah, there's still a lot of places that you can get a job, but it's it's not all the places. And I think, you know, there were times when I thought, oh, man, you know, it'd be cool if I could, you know, or just looking through at, at various times in my career, I've, you know, been looking for a job or, you know, thought about 
um, moving career-wise. And basically every time there are doors that are closed because I didn't have that computer science degree. Um, now, will I, will I say that it hindered me in terms of my actual uh, programming, like day-to-day tasks? No, I, I think that I am just as good a developer as, as many or most of the um, computer science degree holding um, you know, coworkers that I've had. Um, but maybe it took me longer to get there. I'm not sure. So, Martin, let's dig in here a little bit into into designing games, right? Because the audience here is junior, seniors in high school thinking about, you know, STEM professions. And then a lot of them are probably thinking of, hey, I want to go develop games. Could you go into the background, any challenges, and is it easy, hard developing games? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, so this is what I'm obviously very passionate about. I have moved my career in this direction. Um, I would say that, you know, just like with anything, the ideas are the easy part. Um, so come up with a good idea first, and it's probably not going to be your first one. Um, I've actually done uh, for a number of years now. I've had a project where I try and write in my game design journal every day. Uh, and in 2016, I actually sort of formalized that, and uh, I was like re- writing recaps even of them on my blog on Fridays. So I had like these, you know, really pretty long <laughs> blog posts on Friday that took me longer than I care to admit to write up these like just kind of recapping my ideas for the week. Um, and I still try and come up with a new idea every every day. Um, and it's usually um, sort of about something that I've already been thinking about. So a lot of times, like, it'll go one or two weeks with sort of riffing on the same idea. Or maybe I've got a board game um, that I'm working on, and there'll just be, like, new mechanics that this, that the, that could work with the board game that I'm working on. Um, so it's, it's uh, worth noting that game design... And that is sort of the ideas behind what the game is going to be is a different discipline. Um, you know, although of course often uh, performed by the same person from the actual development of the game. So, um, you know, and in video games anyway, the development of the game is mostly programming. Um, but there are now, um, a bunch of different ways that you can do it either without programming at all, or sort of, um, with minimal programming. And one of the I, the one that I use most uh, is called Unity. So Unity is like a I, I refer to it as like Photoshop for game development. So it's an application that you can download. Um, it does have a free plan, so anyone can download it and start making games with it. Like you know, right now, uh, and it's it is really good. It's actually become kind of an industry standard. I mean, I would say. Um, you know, I, I think I saw some stat that like 70% of games made today are made with Unity. Um, certainly like all the, all the ones I've worked on in the last three years. So Martin, you know, so it sounds like unity.com and, and you guys can check out the show notes for that link. Um, you know, so developing games is, is, can, can you make a living actually developing games, let's say for, for Android or for iOS? Is that successful? Is it lucrative or is it really challenging to, to make money making, making games? Yeah, so it is extremely challenging. Um, games are kind of like movies. They're a hit-driven industry. And so even the big players, the AAA studios, they'll release, um, you know, say they release three games a year, uh, you know, one of those might make money. And maybe one in six will make money. Uh, but the but that one usually will make enough money that it pays for the development of the other ones. Um, at least that's the hope. Um, but like movie, the movie industry, like, you know, there's a lot of like game studios that pop up 
just to make one game and then die. And then, you know, then the same people will go and start another company to make a game and then that'll die. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird, um, situation. Uh, so there, I mean, there's obviously a bunch of different tiers. Um, you know, myself, I can make a game just with me. Um, but like a lot of times that game will need, you know, graphics and audio that I don't contribute that, or that I'll have to find or, you know, pay someone else to produce. Um, but, uh, anyway, I guess my point is that, um, you know, it's, it's still possible as a single, as a solo developer, as an indie developer, some people would call, um, to, you know, make a living. Uh, but it's really, really uncommon and very difficult. Uh, so it's not like, um, it's not something I can say, oh, yeah, just make a game and put it on the App Store and, you know, you'll make some money. Uh, you might make some money. <laughs> Probably you'll make some money, but it'll be like a few hundred dollars. <laughs> and uh, it's that's far. That's the most common scenario is that people will put in you know, months of work and then uh, make a few hundred dollars programming. Okay. Hey, thanks for all that, Martin. And let's let's move on to something that really has you fired up in the area of gaming or programming or anything in general. Yeah, I mean, I uh, when I saw that you usually ask that question, I, my first thought immediately was just of the Nintendo Switch, um, which is just such an exciting platform for me. Like it's, um, I think partly because it merges what I love about iOS and 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 mobile in general, and that just that it's portable. And also, you know, it docks to your TV and you can play games on a TV. I mean, I think I was just as excited when Apple announced the Apple TV and, you know, like that was going to be a platform that we could develop for. And then I think for the first like four years of the Apple TV or something, you couldn't develop for it. It was it was uh, they didn't have a store or anything. And then they finally announced the store and I, I got all fired up about it again. And then um, it had it has some real limitations. So for for one thing, you can only connect two Bluetooth controllers to it, uh, and and for another, like they don't make the controllers. The controllers are third party, and like there's poor support, and it's just not something that Apple seems really focused on. Um, but obviously, Nintendo is really focused on the game experience and having controllers connected, and like you can actually hook up, I think, up to eight controllers to the Nintendo Switch. Um, it's just a it's such a cool platform. Um, that's probably the thing I'm most excited about right now. All right, Nintendo Switch. You can you can go to the show notes and check that out. I'll have a link to Nintendo Switch. And you know, Martin, we're going to move on to a story. You know, everybody likes a story. At least I like stories. Could you take us to a time of an incredible aha moment you have, and how you turn that into success and tell us a story? I get a lot of my ideas, or maybe even most of my ideas, in the shower. And th- this is actually a documented phenomena. Um, the something about the sensory experience like your entire body sort of um you know using your your largest sensory organ which is your skin um and sort of having that white noise of feeling and anyway so i have a distinct memory of uh and it's not a very exciting story but it's a but i have this i had this aha moment in the shower um where i was specifically thinking about grid movement in in board games and i was thinking about like you know chess and like how you could make another chess like what would the pieces move like and i was thinking about tetris and uh i sort of had this idea to mash up the two and um that's where i came up with the idea for chestris 
um, which is the name of my website. I ended up calling the game when I actually released it Action Chess. Um, but sort of that's the first time that I that I thought to like mix up or mash up um, board games or specifically like an abstract strategy game like chess um, with an action puzzle game like Tetris. And specifically the game that I um, sort of ended up coming up with was more of a mashup of chess and um, there's a game called Tetris Attack, which is also an action puzzle game, but it doesn't have the sort of tetromino uh, movement of Tetris. It's uh, it's actually like, um, you're, it's, it's almost more of a match three variant. Um, and so then those two games matched up became my game Action Chess. Uh, and I think actually a lot of my game ideas are mashups of games like that I really like. So I like to think about chess. I like to think about Go. Um, and I also really like these action puzzle games like Tetris and uh, Luminous is another one that I think about a lot. Um, and I think that they have similar, even though they're such different experiences, I think they do similar things to your brain. Like you are sort of thinking in this almost loop of how can I uh, fit a piece or how can I, and they almost all have spatial awareness as, as part of their as gameplay. Anyway, uh, so that's not a very exciting story, but I definitely thought of it in the shower. And then um, I guess it took, I mean, it was very shortly thereafter I started working on it and it took me about three months. And then I finally had it uh, ready to submit to the app store and submitted to the app store and it was in the store. And I mean, I was definitely the, I, I was the only person I knew that had done that at the time. It was like early 2009. Um, and that feeling of seeing something that you've created, uh, you know, in a store available. Um, that's a really exciting, um, you know, powerful feeling. And I think that's one of the sort of most, uh, that's one of the most compelling reasons to go into computer science and software development is that uh, you get to make things that you can see other people use right away. And that's a really powerful feeling. Yeah, thanks for that aha moment, Martin. And, and speaking of shower, I've I've got a waterproof notepad in my shower because you know I come up with ideas and I want a place to write them down. And and uh, I agree with that. Right? You you come up with ideas in the shower. So Stemnation, if you, you know you're out there and you have that same concept, go get a waterproof uh, notepad, stick it in your shower, so you can jot those down, so you don't forget them. And Martin, we're going to go on to getting through college. You know, you went for a English degree, but what are some things that you wish you knew when you're 18 heading off to college or some recommendations you'd have for STEM Nation? Yeah. So my uh, biggest recommendation and my biggest regret uh, is that I had a big gap in my math uh, curricula. And specifically, I was basically done with my high school math requirements in ninth grade. And so I decided, well, I'm done with my requirement. I don't need to take math in 10th grade. And uh, I actually, the next time I took math or the next time I wanted to take math was in college. And it had been so long um, since I'd taken pre-calc uh, that I, you know, completely, I'd lost all of that skill. And it would have taken a lot of sort of self-discipline to get back up to speed. And so one thing I would definitely recommend is just don't have any math gap. Hey, Martin, so so why did you go for English? Why did you not go for a computer science or computer engineering degree? Well, I've always been really motivated by um, sort of, want, you know, I always thought I, I wanted to be X. Uh, and actually, like, I never really thought I wanted to be a game developer. I always thought I wanted to be a uh, writer. So I'm really into science fiction. 
And I, I had written quite a bit of science fiction in high school. And uh, it, I thought maybe it made sense to, um, to do more creative writing in college and go into that path. Um, but, you know, if anything, uh, making a living as a writer is actually harder than making a living as uh, a game developer. Um, so I still haven't uh, had any books published. Um, I think I have done um, you know, National Novel Writing Month like four times or something. So I've got like four or five manuscripts, but none of them are edited. They're all pretty terrible, probably. Um, I think I probably have more short stories written. But um, so anyway, that was that was what I thought I wanted to do. And uh, the programming and the computer stuff was always just sort of for fun. And that turned into the career. So Martin, for STEM Nation, you know, for the students out there thinking that they want to be gamers, would you recommend that they get a, a degree in computer science? Yes, absolutely. So if you want to be a game developer, um, my recommendation is always learn to program. So programming and software development is that is not going to go away. There's never going to not going to be a need for software development. And it's such a new and sort of emerging field. I mean, even though, you know, it's what, 20 or 30 years now that it's been around. But I mean, like if you look at the, you know, what careers overall are, you know, there are more and more jobs every year. Um, software development is definitely one of those. And, uh, so it's partly just practical, like saying that, you know, if you, because there are so many different ways to approach game development. I mean, you could, you could just make board games and that's, uh, you know, that requires probably the least amount of sort of skill. Like anyone can do that. You can start cutting up pieces of paper. You can, you know, you can think about systems and mechanics and, and that's really fun. And I definitely recommend doing that if you want to make games. Um, but it's not really learning a practical skill that you can use as a career. And I think writing software is absolutely a practical career that you can use. And uh, to boot, I think it's really fun. So <laughs> writing software kind of feels like solving puzzles all day. And, uh, you know, that's what I like. <laughs> that's why I do it. All right, Martin. Thanks for that advice. And we're going to take a quick pause and thank our sponsor, Audible, who's offering a free audiobook. You can head over to stemonfirebook.com. That's stemonfirebook.com to get a free audiobook of your choosing. If you decide to cancel within 30 days, there's no cost, and you keep the audiobook. And Martin, it is lightning round time. Are you ready? I am ready. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? <laughs> well, I didn't take it, but uh, one of my previous bosses said uh, that I should move to San Francisco and, and, and uh, raise some funding for a startup. And not, not my favorite idea, not my favorite startup idea, but um, just an idea that I thought was pretty good and then, uh, work on that for about a year and then sell that startup to, to make, to self-fund, um, the idea that I thought was really good. And, <laughs> and I didn't take the advice. I live in Minnesota and, uh, there's not, there's not quite as much funding here as there is in San Francisco. Um, but I've always, I've always had it in the back of my head thinking like, oh yeah, I should, maybe I should have done that. <laughs> And a personal habit that contributes to your success. Uh, my success really is a result of just following what I think is really interesting and doing the things that I think are sort of the most fun for me. And but not just like you know watching TV. I mean like actually doing things and making things. And making things is like you know that's what it's about. 
and a favorite internet resource or phone app and why? Probably BoardGameGeek. So BoardGameGeek.com, it's basically the IMDB for board games. There's forums on there, and so there's lots of chat and like sort of social stuff going on there. And if you had to pick one book, what would you recommend? If you haven't read Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson, I think it's just so packed full of interesting ideas, um, you know, just page to page. Uh, that's one that I highly recommend. Thanks, Martin. And for you wannabe gamers, Martin has provided tons of value, but we're going to ask him for a little bit more with some parting piece of guidance for STEM Nation, and then we will say goodbye. You know, follow your dreams and, and make things. Uh, make the things that you want to see and the games that you want to play. All right. Thanks for that, Martin. And with that, we will say goodbye. Thanks for having me. Yep. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed our chat today with Martin. Head over to stemonfire.com, subscribe to the email list to keep up with the latest happenings, and be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcast player and share with a friend. Tune in next week when we talk with Owen, who is in this, who is a sales professional. Until next time, I hope this chat has helped ignite your passion towards a STEM degree.